the counselor. Last week, we, we, we skipped a week because Pastor Renee was with us. Wasn't she good? With row, row, row your boat. Well, we're talking about water again today, so it's going to be good. It's going to tie right in. We're not going to cover anything she covered. Uh, but Jesus asked his disciples hundreds of questions while he was here on earth. And so we've been covering four of those questions. Uh, we started with, uh, why do you doubt? And then we, we, we started with the question Jesus asked, do you believe I can do this? Do you believe Jesus can do this? I believe that God can do anything, right? And so, do you believe I can do this is one of the questions we asked. And, and so today we're going to cover one of my favorite questions that Jesus asked in the Bible. And so let's dig in. Open your Bibles to Mark 4, 35 through 41. And in this we see in, in the book of Mark, Jesus is teaching from a boat. And there's a lot of people and they're, they're gathered all around Jesus and they're they're, they're around him, and he's preaching from this boat. This boat is his pulpit. It's his podium from which he is standing and which he is ministering to all these people. And then all of a sudden, Jesus just gets done, and he says, let's go to the other side. And so let's look at it now. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. And there were also other boats with him. And all of a sudden, a furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Now, I'm from Louisiana. I know what swamped is. Uh, well, I call it Louisiana. I'm from Port Arthur, the capital of Louisiana, but it's in Texas. And we love crawfish and boudin and all the good stuff in life. And uh, a lot of them old Cajuns speak good French, and it's a broken French, and people from France would not understand it. But uh, <laughs> And people in Louisiana don't even understand it, <laughs> but it's good. And uh, so I know what swamped is. This boat is sinking on them. It means it's filling up with water. And uh, there's almost as much water in the boat as out of the boat. And they're going down, and they start to get concerned. I don't know if you've ever been in a boat that was sinking. Anybody here ever been in a boat that was sinking? I've been there 50 miles out in the Gulf of Mexico in a boat that was sinking. And I promise you, it doesn't matter if you're saved or Christian or what, your boat starts sinking, you start praying. <laughs> and, and you get a whole new level of faith. Like, Jesus, I love you. I believe in you. I'm just not sure I'm quite ready to walk on water yet. And... Uh, so we take this trip. My dad, when I was growing up, had this 19-foot-6 MFG center console boat and had about 100 gallons of fuel at hold. It had like a 150 Chrysler on it. And every weekend, it wasn't the nicest boat, but every weekend we fuel up. You know, back when you could fuel up 150 gallons for $150. And um, we'd, we'd put all that gas in, and we'd get in the boat, and we'd go offshore fishing. We just had the best time every Saturday. We were offshore fishing. And uh, I remember just growing up, knowing Saturday morning came, we were going fishing. It was, And Sunday morning came, we were going to church. And there were just things we did in life, you know. And so my dad loved to fish, and we'd go out offshore. We'd go out uh, 40, 50 miles offshore to the rigs, and we'd catch uh, ling, cobia, we'd catch snapper. We'd, 
we just we'd bring home 150 200 pounds of fish meat every weekend and we ate fish all week long and might be why i don't fish that much no more but uh so we just ate tons of fresh fish and we loved the fish and i remember one once one saturday we got pastor to go with us uh pastor randy went with us and we went offshore and we had this rig hook and we tie them to the rig and if it was rough sometimes we'd climb up on the rig and fish off the rig if it was a, if there was nobody yelling to give us a hard time so we hooked up this rig and i'm going to jump off the ladder and grab the rail and i kind of mistimed it and i went overboard and i landed in the water and bishop just thought that was the funniest thing he called me shark bait for about two years after that and uh but this one weekend i remember we went out and we fished all day and we had a hole in our boat. We didn't even know it. Boats filling up with water. And all of a sudden, we get through the day fishing. We go put it in gear. And when we floorboard it, the boat just won't plane off. It's just like, boom. I'm like, what in the world's going on? And all of a sudden, we look in the back of the boat, and there's water in the back of the boat. And we're like, oh, my goodness. And we floorboarded. Normally, we do 50, mile, 50 60 miles an hour. Floorboarded, we're doing, we're doing 10 miles an hour. And we're just, the boat is going down. And it's got a hole that we hit something going out. And it's got this tear in the bottom of the boat. And we're not sure we're going to make it home or not. And uh, we get home and we pull the plug out. And y'all that have ever had a boat, you pull the plug out the back and, and it drains any water. You may have splashed some skin or anything out the back. And we pull that plug and I promise you four hours later, there's still water shooting 10 feet behind the boat. We almost went under, but we made it, thank God. And so these guys are, are concerned and, and they're worried. Their boat is going down. And so let's pick up in verse 38. So Jesus was in the stern of the boat, sleeping on a cushion. You ever know anybody who sleep through anything? He's sleeping. They're in the middle of a storm. The boat is sinking. It's filling up with water. And Jesus has got his head on a pillow, sleeping. So the disciples wake him up and they said to him, Teacher, teacher, don't you care if we drown? And probably just wasn't teacher, teacher. He's like, hey, teacher, do you not care that we drown? And I'm sure Jesus is laying in bed like Ethan, my youngest. When you wake him up in the morning, he's like. And, and Jesus says, he says some profound stuff. He gets up. And he rebukes the wind, and he said to the waves, quiet, be still. And the wind died down, and it was completely calm. And he said to his disciples, why are you so, say it with me, afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified, and they asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Do you know that when you're in a storm, life life seems horrible? Anybody ever been in a storm? I want to ask you this. I want to ask you this here. You ever been in a storm? Now, we're in Angleton, so we live in Texas. We've been to storms. I mean, two months in, I got I got hell this big around hitting my car, and it still looks like it looks like somebody played a bad joke on it. It's it's dented from head to toe. And um my poor little car, but uh, it'll be okay. One day I'll get it to a body shop. <laughs> but I don't know if you've ever been scared to death. These guys are scared to death. 
they honestly think this boat is sinking, and they can't understand how Jesus is just sleeping through it. Have you ever been to a point in your life where you're in a storm, and you're like, Lord, are you there? Are, are, you, are you here? Do you not know what I'm going through? Have you ever felt like that? So I want to answer some questions about that today. First of all, I want to, I want to talk about the Sea of Galilee. They're in the, this is the Sea of Galilee. We read through Scripture about the Sea of Galilee. What you need to know about the Sea of Galilee, it's 680 feet below sea level. So this is a hole in the middle of nowhere, and it's surrounded by mountains. So it's not like it's going to flood like we do when we're below sea level. But it's 680 feet below sea level. It's surrounded by mountains. And I don't know if you've ever flown or done any piloting in your life, but when, when, you're, when you have mountains, there's, there's crevices and valleys in, in between the mountains. And the wind, you have to be careful from the wind shear as you're flying a plane. I used to fly with a pilot all the time. And you had to be careful when you get around mountains and you get around around rocks and stuff like that. You have to be careful because all of a sudden wind changes and your plane can just drop. And so you have to make sure your elevation's right when you're when you're going certain places. And as you're traveling, you have to make sure, like, when you're flying, we were flying a helicopter one day. A friend of mine has a helicopter, and we're flying in it to the deer lease, and you're going over Enchanted Rock. And I asked him, I said, don't we need to be a little higher? You know, I know in planes, the wind shear and the gusts coming over a rock, over a mountain's bad enough, but over this big bald rock with no trees isn't going to be worse. And he goes, you might be right, and he starts pulling up, and about that time, the helicopter, and uh, it'll make you make your heart sink. And so, there's these valleys in this mountain, and, and out of nowhere, these storms can appear in the middle of this sea. And, and so, they're in, a, they're in a place that that can be beautiful one minute, then bam, all of a sudden, there's a storm. Sounds like our area, don't it? It can be beautiful one day, 92 degrees, and the next day it's 45. And, or it can be beautiful one day, and then 30 seconds later you look up, and the whole city of Houston has had 19 inches of water, and it's flooded. There's water everywhere. And so all of a sudden these storms just come up. Doesn't that sound like our lives too? Can't that happen in your life? That, you know, everything is going good. Everything's just smooth sailing, and you're, you're just moving for, through life, and you're at work, and everything's fine. Then all of a sudden, your boss walks up and says, I'm sorry, but we have layoffs today, and you didn't make your cut. Or, or everything's going through life good, and, 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 and you're going through everything, and then you find out something's wrong with your marriage. Or... Or you're going through and you're saying, wow, God, finally, my marriage is good, my, my job is good, and something happens with your children. And there's some major catastrophe with your children. Or, or everything's finally good, and you go to the doctor one day, and he gives you the report and tells you things that people never want to hear. Like you might have cancer, or you have, a, you have a lump, and then all of a sudden, out of bam, out of, out of nowhere, you're suddenly, you're caught up in the middle of this storm. And, and you're wondering, why, why me? Why, why do I have to go through a storm? And you know, I talked about I was singing, you know, happy this morning. I was just so happy and just singing and just going. And, you know, life is like that. You're just singing, you're just happy, and uh, all of a sudden, storm, bam. 
What's that song we used to sing in children's church, Pastor Jim? Was it the happy song? Oh, happy day, happy day. He washed my sins away. You know, we get saved, and pastors tell us, if you'll just come to Jesus, everything will be okay. That's not always true. See, one of the biggest misconceptions in our Christian faith is that we'll never go through a storm. We, we walk around, oh, happy day, happy day. He washed my sins away. We get all excited. We get all great. And my son's going to tell me about this after church today. Dad, don't sing. You can't sing. <laughs> He's shaking his head, yes. But I'm just happy. You know, things are just going good. And then all of a sudden, it's like somebody grabs the proverbial rug and rips it out from underneath your feet. And it's like you're flat on your back once again. There's a couple things I want you to know today. I want you to write down of things you need to know, two things you need to remember and you need to embrace when you're going through a storm. Y'all ready for these? You ready, Ethan? Number one, you are in a storm with his presence. Y'all realize Jesus was on the boat? They're going through a storm and they're panicking, and Jesus is on the boat. Jesus is like, why are you waking me? Didn't you, weren't you there? When I fed the 5,000, weren't you there when I healed this guy or when I did this or when I did that? Weren't you there when we did the wine at the wedding? Weren't you there through all of these things? Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Jesus was in the storm with him. Number one thing you got to know, you're in the storm with his presence. Look. When you get saved, we, we, everybody makes it such a great thing. You're getting saved. All your troubles are gone now. I'm sorry. I'm going I'm to break your eggshell today. That is not the truth. When you step out of darkness into the light, you become a conqueror. When you step out of the darkness into the light, you step into a war zone. You step into a spiritual battle. I'm not one of those to sugarcoat stuff. Darkness is now against you. You're no longer in the darkness, but you're set apart. Jesus says you're set apart. You're a new creation. They, they know there's something different about you now. And, and the devil is going to come after you. He's going to seek. It says he, he roams around seeking about who he will destroy. He's looking for you. And I, I'm going to give you hope. Don't worry. Christianity is not a playground. We make Christianity out to be a playground. Christianity is a battleground. You're joining the army of the Lord. You're now in a battle ready for a fight. You better put on your, you better, it's the reason the Bible says put on the shoes of peace. Put on your loins of righteousness. Take up your shield of faith. Take up your sword of the spirit. There's a reason it says all of this stuff. You are literally in a war. This isn't, this isn't pansy-pansy, hey, it sounds good to be a Christian kind of deal. I, I'm telling you the truth. You are in the middle of a war, and you better be ready for it. This isn't, this isn't, we are in a war. I don't know if you've noticed what's happening in our country, but you are in a war zone. 
Now, look, I'm not going to judge people. I'm not going to talk bad about people. I'm going to love people. That's what God's called me to do. And I want to encourage you to do that, too. I'm not going to get on Facebook and make a bunch of comments about stuff. But at the same time, I'm in a war, and I know it. And I'm not backing down. I'm telling you, I know what my Bible says. It it says how to live. It says how to act. And I'm not going to tell you you can live one way and still make it to heaven. I'm not going to tell you that stuff. I'm not going to lie to you, but I am going to tell you you're in a war. And I am going to tell you where God has a thing called grace. And it doesn't matter how you lived or what, what's happened in your life. God's grace will cover you. He wants to love you. He wants to save you. And he wants to change you. But this, this just because I'm with Jesus thing, nothing should go wrong, is a distortion of the message of the gospel of Christ. It is. It's a distortion. He never promises that, that storm, you won't, storms won't rock you. He never promises you're not going to go through a storm. But, but there is a promise. His presence will always be with you. And the good news is he's omnipotent. He is everywhere. He knows where you're at. He knows you're in the middle of a storm. He knows where you are. He's better than Santa Claus. He knows when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. You know, they, they, they had a, a real interesting article uh, that older people, now some of y'all need to listen closely to this. <laughs> Sharon. Um, that, that older people, <laughs> that older people actually live longer if there's something else living in their house, anything at all, a house plant, a lap dog, a little, a little, a little, a little dumb dog, uh, a big ugly dog, a goldfish, a ferret, a gerbil, a hamster, a rat, all the same thing. I don't care what you say. And, and research even. Believe this or not, look, research even says some kind of cats <laughs> will increase your lifespan. So the facts are older people live longer when there is something alive in their house. Ed, you're going to live forever with all them dogs. <laughs> but pe- people will ask you in your life, well, I know you've gone through storms. Uh, how, Pastor, how would you get through that? How are you enduring that? How, how are you going through all that, but yet you still have the peace of God? We have people in our church in Ireland that were floored. Ethan's going through nine surgeries, and we're not concerned, and we're not worried. And they're, they're like, what is wrong with you? How can you go through this and everything be okay? And Randon said, you're teaching our whole church how to go through a disaster uh, in, in the right way. And, and we're going through this big storm, and, and people ask, how How's how's your whole world being rocked? How, how you know your your child's in in been in the hospital for eight weeks, had twelve surgeries. How are you sustaining all this? Because I can tell you, I'm going to live longer because I have something living in my house. It's the author of life. It's the finisher of life. He is everything. He's the beginning and the end. He is the great I am, and he resides in me. There is something in my life besides just me. You know what's great about Jesus? 
he's in my boat. And because he's in my boat, like we talked about Thomas a few weeks ago, because he's in my boat, I have the encouragement. I have the encouragement. I have that peace in the spirit. It says in his presence, there's fullness of joy. I have his strength. I have everything that I could and could praise about him. And, and you know, sometimes you've got to personally look at scripture. They're going to put Psalms 46, 1 and up. But while they're doing that, I want to tell you, never let the presence of, storm, of a storm cause you to doubt the presence of God. Write that down. Put it on Facebook. If you haven't checked in this morning, shame on you. Check in on Facebook right now and put this quote. Never let the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence of God. Never, never, never. It doesn't matter if you're going through a storm. He is right there. I personalize scriptures in my life all the time. I personalize this one. I love it. I, I say God is my refuge. He is my strength. He is my ever-present help in a time of trouble. He is with me in the storm. Then Hebrews 13, 5, never will my God leave me. Never will he forsake me. Psalms 23, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you see, I'm not staying here, but I'm walking through it. And when I am walking through it, I will fear no evil. Why? Because my God is with me. My question for you today, is he in your boat? Is he in your boat? You might say, Pastor, uh, he's in my boat, but I'm going through this storm, and it's just, it's just, it's just been bad, and it's, it's been horrible, and I'm panicked, and I don't know what to do. Maybe you need to wake Jesus up in your boat. Maybe you need to read a little more. Maybe you need to pray a little more. Maybe you need to do something you haven't done lately. Maybe you say, well, you know, I'm going through this storm. I just haven't taken the time to spend time with him. Wake him up. Get that peace be still that comes from his presence in your boat. Number two, you're in the storm for his purposes. I want you to think about this. Whose idea was it to go to the other side? Who? Who told him, let's go to the other side? Now this is... God in the flesh. Do you not think that Jesus knew there was going to be a storm one day? Do you not think that Jesus knew there was going to be waves coming over the bow of that boat? He's just taking a nap. Because it's all in his plan. You say, well, Pastor, I I'm going through the storm, and I just know it's not the will of God. Do you? Do you not know it's not the will of God? See, Jesus, know he said, hey, guys, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he's like, let's go to the other side. Let's go. Let's take a little trip. Let's go to the other side. He knew they were going to go through the storm. He knew. Does that boggle your mind? Jesus knew they were going to go through the storm. Now, don't get mad at me. I'm not saying that he caused the storm. I'm not saying that he put the storm there. But I'm telling you, he knew they were going to go through it. And what you've got to realize is you're going through the storm for his purpose. Let me tell you why Jesus took him through a storm. Because he knew on the other side there was a guy who was demon-possessed, who was hurting himself, who had issues and needed deliverance. And he said, you know what, I don't care what gets in my way. I don't care what we got to go through. There's a God that needs me right now. 
And sometimes we got to realize in our life when we're going through storms and we're going through things that it's for his purpose. His presence is with us, and it's his will we go through this storm. Because storms do things in your life. A storm will mature you. A storm will make you wake up. God's storms will wake you up. God's storms will mature you and take you. What do they say? They say, teacher, teacher, wake up. They're calling him teacher. We read, a, we, we read a few verses later where they're calling him Lord. Something happens between there and, and where he is. There's a reverential thing that happens, and they, they realize he's more than their teacher. He's their Lord. He's their master. He, he, can, he can speak to the waves and the wind, and he can make, them, make peace be still instantly. We go through lives and we question, well, God, why are we going through this? Don't ask why. Say, what am I going to do when I go through this? Ask God, what's the purpose I'm going through this? Uh, what do you want me to do with this situation I'm going through? You know, I, I used to love Brother Tommy. He, he'd always say, we don't have fathers. We do this. We, we have opportunities. And uh, I was sitting in his office one day, and I said, we got a problem, Brother Tommy. We don't have Y'all know Brother Tom, y'all know what I'm talking about. We we have opportunities. And and so ask God what what it's not a problem you're having. It's an opportunity for God to take you where he needs to take you, for him to mature you in your life. And when you get mature, you don't get mad about the storm you're going through. It changes things. It does a work inside of us. Jesus won wants us to wake up. It's not that we need to wake Jesus up. Jesus knew what was going on. He is God manifest. He, he knows what's happening in the situation. He's just not concerned. See, because unlike the disciples, Jesus' trust wasn't in the boat. See, the deal is these guys are worried about the boat sinking. And we, we worry about our boat sinking. And we worry about what's happening to our boat and what's going on in our boat. It doesn't matter what's in the boat. It's who's in the boat with you. It's, it's not the boat that's going to change your life. It's the man and his presence that's traveling with you that changes your life. I love what the brother of Jesus, James, says in uh, James 1, 2 through 4. And I, I'm going to do this one day. just haven't found the right person to do it this way. Uh, James, they're like, uh-oh. James says, consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. I'm just waiting for somebody to come out. Pastor, you're not going to believe what I'm going through. I'm going to say, consider it joy. That's what James said. Consider it, get happy. <laughs> I'm just afraid I get shot. <laughs> but you don't understand, Pastor. Well, James understood. He was raised with Jesus. He walked. Imagine being Jesus' brother. I mean, he can go to the pool and not get wet. I mean, he's perfect. James, I wish you'd be a little bit more like Jesus. Can you hear his mama now, Mary? James, how come you can't be like Jesus? James, well, you're going to do at the wedding. He turned the water into wine. <laughs> and so James, you know, think being a middle child's a problem or a second child? Be James. And so James says that consider it pure joy, my brothers, 
whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith develops what? Perseverance. And perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. God allows you to go through storms. Just consider it joy. Just get happy. Say, you know what? God's got enough enough faith in me that he's letting me go through a storm right now. It's all okay. Don't get mad. Don't wonder, why me? Believe me, if I could have took the pain my son was in every time he came out of surgery 12 times in a row, if I could have took that pain away, I would have. He's gone through something none of the rest of my children ever have to go through. And he's gone through something that I've never had to go through. But you know what? I consider it pure joy. Because I know that God was doing something in that young man. He was building some character. He was maturing him. He's bringing him through a situation so he can help somebody out on the other side. And you've got to realize that sometimes when you're going through stuff, look, what do they call Jesus? Teacher, teacher? What do good teachers do? They give you tests, don't they? A good teacher will give you a test and to see if you can go to the next grade level or not. These guys were just going through their star test. It's just going to see what they learn. And Jesus looks at them clearly in the eye and says, the 12 I picked. Are you, why are you so afraid? Do you still not have any faith? Do you still not have any faith? Look, consider pure, pure joy. Have faith and know, yes, I'm going through a storm. Yes, it's hard. Yes, it's, it may not be fair. But no, God has a purpose on the other side. I don't know what it is yet. He hasn't revealed it to me. All I know is his presence is in the boat with me, and I'm going through it for his purpose. Sometimes the storm gets so bad, you just got to tell the devil. You know what you need to tell him? See, Sean, you know what you need to tell the devil? Bye, Felicia. It's okay. We're going to go through the storm anyway. Kelton's like, Pastor Ryan, you did not say that right. <laughs> you got to have more into it. Look, I, I, do, I do that dance for you. <laughs> That's an inside joke. I'm sorry for y'all, y'all that don't know. But even the winds and the waves have obeyed him. God matures you through the storm and takes you to a new place in him. It's just how long are you going to stay in the storm? Are you, going to, are you going to keep letting the water fill the boat? And are you going to still keep worrying about the boat? Or are you just going to wake up a little Jesus inside of you and let the peace be still part and move to where he wants to move? That, that, that's the question you have to ask in your life. See, I no longer put my hope in a boat. My soul is anchored to the Lord because he's on my boat, he's in my house, he dwells within me, and he is in there for me. God is not against you. But he never promised in life you're going to go through storms. Just the opposite. He said, you're going to go through them. You're going to have them in your life. Bad things are going to happen. But just know that my presence is with you, and you're going through it for me. And when you realize those two things, it changes your perspective about everything. Let's pray today.
Father, I just thank you for your healing work that's in this place today. I thank you, Father, that your spirit is here in this altar. Your spirit is here with me today, Father. And you're wanting to touch people's lives. You're wanting to wake them up, Father, and let your peace be still happen in their lives. You're wanting to wake them up, Father, and say to their storm, cease. And I just thank you today, Father, that we'll realize even though we go through things, even though things in our life are hard, you are always with us. You're always guiding us. And you always have a plan of where you want to take us.